It's an exciting time to be an influencer marketing because that's changing. We finally are setting up ways to evaluate if influencers are driving sales, if influencers are driving clicks, app downloads, whatever's important to the client, right? And I think that's really where, you know, performance marketing and influencer marketing can play one in the same. Hi there. Welcome back to CC Talks. Here's your host, Ilaria Severi, the head of marketing and communications of Creative Clicks. In our podcast series, we not only introduce you to our company, Creative Clicks, but we also talk about several topics regarding mobile, performance marketing, industry trends, and must know, together with special guests and experts in the field. Today, we're going to dive into a topic that has become hotter and hotter in marketing in the last few years, influencer marketing. In particular, we will talk about influencer marketing as a form of performance marketing and how brands and marketers can generate measurable results via influencer campaigns. And to talk about this, we invited a very special guest from The Big Apple, someone who has been part of the influencer industry since its beginnings and has seen this type of marketing grow exponentially. Her curriculum is pretty impressive and counts several positions in directorial roles. In fact, she used to work as director of digital strategy and influencer management at Kaplau. Then she moved to Marina Maher as vice president of influencer marketing. And today she's the managing director U.S. at The Circle, but also the founder and manager of her own company. I think this tells us enough. Well, let's welcome Elena Balgon. Hey, Elena, how are you? Hey, good. How are you? I'm great. And especially to see you here and uh, having the opportunity to have this chat together. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start with the hot question already. Is it fair, Elena, to say that influencer marketing is the same as or at least one of the ways of doing performance marketing? And if so, why? And this question comes because lately I've been reading a lot about it and how influencers are compared to uh, affiliates, so to say. So what do you have to say about this? I definitely think they have the potential to be. And there are a variety of influencer marketing companies that are starting to bank on that exact trend, that performance marketing and influencer marketing are becoming one and the same. Obviously, performance marketing is a broader, a broader topic, but there's no reason why influencer marketing shouldn't sit right below it. There are a few companies out there who maybe are using influencers as an affiliate. I mean, if we back up, right, uh, performance marketing is really defined as digital marketing that, you know, is measured based on what sales are driven, conversions, clicks, whatever is the North Star goal for a particular client. And influencer marketing has every right to play in that space. Time and again, we've seen that influencers are proven to drive sales. But have we really set up measurement ability to know how these influencers are driving sales? I think that's really the crux of the question. And that's it's an exciting time to be an influencer marketing because that's changing. We finally are setting up ways to evaluate if influencers are driving sales, if influencers are driving clicks, app downloads, whatever's important to the client, right? And I think that's really where, you know, performance marketing and influencer marketing can play one in the same. Yeah, no, indeed, actually, what you just mentioned was going to be my second question, because in general, and I've also worked in influencer marketing, so I know that that one of the most difficult things sometimes is to measure the results and many times to show that ROI, like you also mentioned. Also defining the metrics, KPIs can be something that you can more easily define, but ROI, it's a bit more difficult. 
how in your experience can these be debunked? I mean, is it still true or are there ways that we can effectively measure an influencer campaign the same way as we would do for a performance marketing campaign? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what's exciting. Not everybody's doing it. I, I work with the circle and we're doing it. Essentially, the way that it functions is developing a proprietary tracking script that can be embedded within different websites, apps, etc. And therefore being able to measure the success of a particular campaign, not just on the influencer level, but also on the content level. Which piece of content is driving the most success? Which influencer is driving the most success? And the ability to measure those results organically versus in a paid capacity is important. A lot of times uh, those results are just measured based on paid performance because it's easier to evaluate those results based on paid. But that's not always the best way to evaluate things. Inevitably, it manipulates the system when you start putting paid behind content. And what's more effective is to see what lower funnel results can this content drive mm -hmm. organically first, and then promote that content so that you can compare the organic results to the paid results when it comes to not just impressions, engagements, et cetera, but when it really comes to the lower funnel results like downloads, purchases, clicks. Lead gen as Lead well. generation. Yeah. Anything that can be measured online as an action of intent or mm -hmm. purchase, right, is truly valuable. And you can start to then associate even broader value into that as you think about planning out those types of programs. If you know if there's a lot of friction on your website and it takes people a lot of extra effort to go through the process of making a purchase or something like that, you can start mm -hmm. to think about where you focus your time and your money as a business to optimize so that you make it less frictionless or make it more frictionless, I guess, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. so that you know people can have a better experience on your website and go through with the actual purchase. So it's just a matter of not only is it about driving results, but it's informing your business overall. Like where are the weak spots? Where do you need to focus mm -hmm. so that you can drive optimal success? And plugging into things like Shopify, the Facebook pixel, these are all important ways that influencer marketing plus an event tracker of some sort that's embedded within a website can start to really measure the efficacy of influencer marketing mm -hmm. to drive results. I totally see your point. And you mentioned many things that I wanted to <laughs> talk again and, and more in depth. So one of them is if we talk about the advantage of influencer marketing, one we could say it's maybe, like you said, the possibility of evaluating how some, like a certain piece of content is performing organically. So you already know if that's worth promoting further, right? To, to see if it's gonna perform more. So maybe that's an advantage, I would say. But also the fact that it really depends on your product because let's be honest, like the same way as not every channel is made for every product mm. or for every audience, same mm. is for the type of marketing campaigns that you decide to run. So maybe certain products require performance marketing more focused on other types of campaigns and other products are focused more on influencer campaigns themselves. What's your experience with this? If you could tell us, for instance, some best practices that you've seen in the industry for both cases. 
It's an interesting question because sometimes we get brands and funny enough, usually they're big brands with lots of money. They just want awareness campaigns. They're not as worried about lower funnel results and the ability of influencer marketing to be part of the performance marketing space. I think sometimes we forget there is room in this world for all kinds of marketing. Sure. You know, lower funnel results are not always the king, especially for well-established businesses like these big, mm. big, giant businesses. A lot of times they're just looking to shift their perception within the market, you know, just tweak mm. it here, tweak it there to stay relevant within yeah. the ecosystem that we're in, which, by the way, has been a wild ride, right, over the last yeah. two years. Everything has changed. Yeah, these brands are looking to really drive a different level of awareness. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to challenger brands, truly direct-to-consumer online-focused brands, they need to be all about sales. They're still proving their net worth as a business. And that's where performance marketing and influencer marketing is the perfect fit for them. You know, influencers have the ability not only to drive awareness, but credibility. And then also we just know, I mean, there's stats left and right about how influencers drive sales, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's a one-two punch. And when budgets are tight mm. and, you know, it feels like there's a lot to lose, when you're a rising business, that's exactly the kind of marketing effort that can be really effective. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I really answered your question. Yeah, well, I mean, you practices, but I guess maybe it depends on your business. It depends. I did wanted to say to the people that are listening to us right now, well, if you're a marketer or if you have your own company and you're thinking whether you should invest in influencer marketing or performance marketing, because I mean, it could also be a combo of both. Like if you have enough yeah. budget, actually you can do both. That's I think the best of both worlds. So you can get <laughs> every kind of performance you want that way. But probably then what Alena just said, consider what your product is, what budgets you have, and mm -hmm. easily ask yourself what you want to drive is more sales or whether you want to create more awareness on a certain line or new line or story that you want to tell to your audiences, right? Exactly, exactly. And just understand that top funnel is not performance marketing and that's okay. Maybe you don't need performance marketing, but I think it's important to sit with, with anything, right? It's what we yeah. as marketers do all the time. We listen to clients, we hear what their challenges are, what keeps them up at night. And then we create strategies, objectives, to just kind of put their thoughts all into one place and give them yeah. direction in terms of how to focus on one goal. This is going to be important. A lot of times Indeed. the client will come to you, right? And say, I have these five goals and I need yeah. them to be achieved in three months during the holiday season, which is over this budget. <laughs> Two dollars, right? Yeah. That's the fun of being in this field because it's a challenge, yeah. but also it's our job to reel that in a little bit and say, we're not going to see success that way. The way we'll see success is focusing on one goal. So I guess a good best practice as well is one goal, right? Yeah, <laughs> one yeah, star, one goal. <laughs> yeah, like what? what is the one thing that if we walk away from this program, we're going to feel good about? Yeah. It really push the business forward. And then from there, here are these other goals that we have that are nice to have. That's important. So I would say that's a best practice too when you think about literally any campaign, not just performance marketing, but especially performance marketing, because you're going to hold yourself against that metric of, mm -hmm. of success. And then that organic versus paid is another best practice. 
And maybe we can dive into that a little bit more because I feel like I kind of glossed over it. And Yeah, please do. Yeah, for anybody who's listening who hasn't really heard about this difference, I, I'm happy to explain it a little bit more. So in the world of paid media, paid media is incredibly highly targeted. And that's critical because you're reaching audiences that are prime, right? Prime to buy your particular product. They're definitely within your audience. But when it comes to social media, content needs to live organically first. It's not like a banner ad or something like that. It is content that lives organically on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. It's a platform, right? On someone's feed and tell someone's story. That's the thing. Exactly. And you have this unique opportunity to see how the content is performing organically before you put paid support behind it. It's something that is unique to social platforms that we yeah. don't really see elsewhere, right? When you totally. buy and make a billboard, like that's it, you're done, it's up. When you create a television commercial, it's up, that's it. I mean, maybe you do some you know, testing of how it performs with different audience sets, but that's based on like very few people, not yeah. the entire internet, right? Or else what you often do in performance marketing, you do lots of A-B testing, but in both cases, you have to pay them. Like you have to pay the A-B testing. So in order to, to compare. Yeah, and yeah. inevitably you're, you're manipulating the data a little bit, right? Because just based on a different time of day or you know a different day of the week, you can see different results in paid media. It's just the way it goes. So you know, I think the unique opportunity to observe how content performs organically, how people genuinely, authentically interact with that content before mm -hmm. you make decisions about how you're going to promote that content, if yeah. you're going to promote that content, is... Pushing that content to put it in, in their faces, so to say, or... Exactly. It's because time and again, like, we create content with influencers and we see content come through and we think, oh my God, that piece of content is gorgeous. That's exactly what we would envision would be the top seller, you know, post for this. And often it's like some crummy looking piece of content that is really selling people. Not that it's crummy, but it's just, it's not the same, right? It's, yeah. it's not as curated. And that's important for us to know um, because then putting more paid spend behind that beautifully curated you know, photo is perhaps not what's going to drive that North Star goal. And so I hope that helps explain this distinction. Do you think I missed anything? <laughs> no, I think that was perfectly clear. And uh, well, I believe most people that are listening to us are quite familiar with organic versus paid. But I think that, no, you explained it really well. So this is maybe something, it's a question that as a beginner, it comes up, like the question of organic versus paid, why? Yeah, I know my clients ask me all the time. Yeah, I mean, we're so used to use it, but I understand if someone doesn't, yeah. then it's like, what are you talking about? Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> but then I'm going to ask you another question that I feel sometimes it's beginner's question or rather a question from people that are not really familiar with this kind of market. Sure. And that's like, is influencer marketing a good way of doing marketing for B2B as well? Or is it only a B2C thing? Which when they asked me, I was always like, I had my own answer, but I want to hear yours first. Yeah, B2B is so interesting. It can be, it can be. So for example, and I don't know if you consider it B2B or not, but 
We've done programs before where they're healthcare focused Mm -hmm. and you're really marketing to doctors. To me, that's B2B, you know, because it's a doctor's practice that you as a healthcare company want to, you know, gain the hearts and minds of doctors who will bring it into their practice. I think that there's an absolute right to play with doctors because a lot of them do have social channels. A lot of them are actively sharing their thoughts and It's not even, I mean, it was kind of that way before, like when I was working at Marina Mar, I was doing a lot of work, you know, in the healthcare space. And Mm. then as time went on though, I mean, with everything going on with COVID, I think doctors especially have become influencers, like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, because everybody was just looking for advice anywhere they could get it, you know? So yeah, I think partially the way the world evolved um, has made it more, more palatable for people to do B2B influencer marketing, mm-hmm. but it's not always the case. Like some, sometimes insurance companies, things like that, topics can be really challenging that aren't always consumer focused. Um, we've mm-hmm. worked with some technology companies that want to get, you know, into the hearts of minds of other technology companies. It's not always a perfect fit. I think paid media helps, mm-hmm. but that only goes so far because paid media occurs on Facebook, Instagram, right? And I am open about my business on Facebook and Instagram, but I don't know that everybody's talking about their job on Facebook Mm -hmm. and Instagram all the time. It's usually their private life, their personal life. And inevitably that's more of a a B2C. It lends itself more to B2C than it would to B2B. Mm -hmm. So you're not always talking about the fact that you're an investor or you're a whatever, right? Um, And that people can get access to you that way. So that's my thought, but I want to hear what you think about it too. Well, I do think that the space for B2B business is there within Mm -hmm. influencer marketing. It's less evident than it might be in other types of marketing. It's something that you need to dig more into it and really find the best fits. Mm -hmm. But I do think that influencer marketing and even a combo of performance marketing as it's more known to be, it's a great combination for B2B. I mean, if you yeah. find the right influences, if you find the right profiles mm-hmm. and you combine that with the rest of your marketing efforts, I think that the results can be really great. Yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't, I would never say no, influencer is only for B2C or can only work for no, no, B2B no. because the same yeah. goes for B2C because I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't find the right influencers for your campaign, then that doesn't work. I mean, if the influencer doesn't match what your product is, then it's the same result, you know? Yeah, yeah. I believe that compared to performance marketing as it is known, in influencer marketing, you have to add that personal touch. Mm. It's the personal touch, is the authenticity of someone talking for you and for your brand. Yeah. So it makes it, yes, digital and marketing, but still with a human vibe with a human touch yeah exactly exactly yeah i agree i mean the b2b with for influencer marketing isn't always the most intuitive but it's one of those fun challenges like can you make it work yeah yeah maybe you can't but yeah it's a pretty cool opportunity when you can and i think like i said the best ones i've seen lately are these like brands to doctors brands to doctors. yeah 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 yeah. and the healthcare industry it's growing enormously i mean yes yeah two years and well to round it up i want to ask a question regarding the upcoming uh holiday season so 
with regards to influencer marketing, because we know like holiday season is always a season where so many campaigns are run and actually campaigns are super expensive. Cost per clicks is insane and uh, CPM as well. So in this upcoming holiday season, after almost two years of pandemic and everything that has happened, do you think that companies would focus more on influencer marketing campaigns? And like, can this type of marketing generate the highest revenue, especially in this time of the year? I think it's poised to deliver the highest return at this time of year. Absolutely. Because like I said, it's like a catalyst for direct from it's just expediting the experience of awareness, mm. consideration, intent, and purchase. Not only are you in a key buying moment, but you've also got influencers who uh, feel highly credible promoting out this content as the best gift for the holidays. I think it's mm-hmm. just a no-brainer that influencer marketing lends itself to this time of year. But I also agree that it is crowded space and everyone is saying this is the best product for the holidays. So how do you get past that? In the United States, we have an interesting situation right now for the holidays because there are major supply issues. Mm, yeah, I heard. Yeah, and I think you guys have a little bit of this problem too over in Yeah, Miami's. Yeah, we do. But it's pretty bad here. In fact, some businesses are tanking because of it um, because they can't get their supplies and there's nothing to sell. And this is the biggest sale moment of the year, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's been hard to watch, but what I like to tell clients is that the holiday buying mindset goes well beyond the holiday timeframe. I think people are, especially when it comes to wellness products, they are very much in the mindset. Only around also, yeah. Yeah, but especially in the new year for wellness products, because that's when wellness is a focus. And even, you know, freshening up your wardrobe is a focus. There's a lot of things that become a focus in the new year where things are fresh and and fun. Mm -hmm. And it really, to me, I was part of a conference recently where we were talking about the fact that it even goes all the way through to Valentine's Day, right? Because you're still buying gifts around Valentine's Day and you're looking for opportunities. What are we going to do? You're sitting at home. It's cold. There's nothing to do. right? And, you know, perhaps, at least in the United States, you don't want to be silent during the holiday season because that's never good for anyone. But it might be nicer, especially if you're a wellness brand, to focus in the new year and really just be a little bit more on the down low for right now. Because especially if you're having supply issues, I mean, sure, you can build a sense of urgency by saying, you know, we're selling out and, mm-hmm. you know, get on our waiting list. But Nobody wants to hear that. They want presents under the tree. They want, you know, presents to be given out at Hanukkah. They don't want to say, here's a gift card or your present is coming in three months. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, so I think it could be interesting. And I, I'm eager to see some of the brands that I'm working with, how they're going to pivot their strategy to be more focused on this technically post-holiday. Yeah. But I would just say it's a continuation of the holiday season from January into mid-Feb. Well, Alena, thank you so much for all these beautiful insights. Super useful, I think, for and interesting for everybody. Yeah, totally. No, it was fun to be here today. Thank you very much for being here with us. And thanks to all our listeners for being with us again here at CC Talks. Make sure to subscribe to our CC Talks on Spotify, 
Apple or Google Podcasts and to follow Creative Clicks on social media. And should you have any questions regarding campaigns, business inquiries and such, feel free to reach out to sales at creativeclicks.com. Till next time.